0: So what happens is once again when we pray, guess what? God unleashes His authority and His power once again that changes everything. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Hey, listen, by a quick uh, quick show of hands, uh, how many of you guys uh, were able to make it here last week? How many of you guys were here? Awesome, awesome. Listen, for you guys that were not here, uh, I just want to highly encourage you today to go back and listen to uh, the podcast from last week. Listen, at the core of the message that we talked about last week was really about what what fasting is and what fasting is not. And uh, the reason we took so much time to talk about fasting is, is simply because of this, is because tomorrow we are starting our 21 days of corporate prayer and fasting as a church. And, uh, you know, once again, it starts tomorrow and it ends uh, Easter Sunday. I am personally believing for some incredible things. And in fact, let me just maybe say this to you. It's just a plug. Uh, I have never, my 22 years, I think, that I'm at now of, of uh, you know, being a Christian, I have never had a... Uh, season where I where I just wholeheartedly focused on fasting and prayer and uh, and didn't see God do incredible things and so uh, I'm kind of pumped uh, you know for several reasons part of it is is man it's like all hell's been breaking loose and that's typically a really good sign and so I'm excited I think the next 21 days are going to be. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, so I'm, I'm not only excited for myself personally and for our family, uh, but also you guys, just the church, just to see what God's going to do. And so uh, let me maybe, maybe say this before we dive in, is... Remember last week, we asked you guys to basically spend some time praying and make a choice just based over the next 21 days, how God would want you to fast. Now, remember, I know there's some guests here today, and this is uh, kind of a family deal that obviously you're more than welcome to hop in on. But uh, we asked you guys to basically make a decision Do you, you know, to, are you going to, you know, pick days where you, uh, you know, don't eat food and you only water only, and you fast and pray. And obviously that doesn't mean we, we go on a, a hunger strike. It simply means that uh, obviously from the times we would normally be eating, we spend that time, uh, you know, praying, reading our Bible, worshiping, just spending the time with God. Uh, so, you know, we ask you guys to choose either that or maybe a partial fast. Uh, you know, a lot of people like what they call the, the Daniel fast, where they only eat fruits and vegetables. And then also we, we just ask, you know, would you consider maybe going on a media fast? You know, I'm, I'm amazed at how much time we spend looking at a screen or a TV TV screen and it says just really just wasted time. Right. And so anyway, so it's just kind of a, of an opportunity, you know, to do one of those or maybe a combination of those my family will do a combination. And, uh, but, but it's just pretty cool to go. Let, let's kind of remove all the clutter and all the distraction and let's focus on God. In fact, I'll, I'll say this for you parents, you know, Typically, when, we, when our family, when we do a fast, we go, no TV unless it's something about Jesus. And I am amazed that every time we do that, the different demeanor that our children have. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how even things that we kind of assume are innocent, how much it kind of messes them up. Right. And so anyway, just a thought for you. But, but basically the, the goal here is this is from Jen and I just hear a heart. Uh, you know, we, we you know, you don't force anybody in doing something. Fasting is a voluntary deal. But we're asking, I guess, with our heart, you know, we're not begging and pleading, but we're inviting you to join us. You know, in a unity of effort to just basically go for God for the next 21 days, with a crescendo basically on Easter to see what God will do, and part of that is is uh, you know believing for souls. In fact, let me maybe say this to you: Uh, at the end of today's service, we're going to hand you two things. Basically, the black and white thing there is. It's the prayer request that we're going to be gathering around. Unless we have something to pray for, unless we're specific, unless we're believing for certain things, then we're kind of wasting our time. And so these are things, if you will, that we're rallying around and we're believing God for for the next 21 days. And so if you decide to uh, fast or not, please, you know, take this thing and and incorporate it in your prayer life. It's kind of designed to even teach you how to pray. And so also, you, you know, you'll see on there, uh, a little blue card, and that's simply we're giving every person one because we're believing that you know somebody that needs to come for Easter service and that you'd have the opportunity to invite them to come, yes? Listen, we live in a state where there's 4% Christians. There's plenty of people to invite to church, all right? So, and the, also the last thing, and then we'll, we'll go to Psalms 91, is uh, at the end of service, we're not going to hand you those things, but we're also going to ask you to meet Miss Jenny here. She can wave her hand to meet Miss Jenny here out uh, in the foyer and, and take a day, you know, listen, 21 days to go, man, I, I will fast that day. Either it's going to be, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe I'll fast whole day. Maybe I'll take this three-day slot, maybe whatever. But but we want to cover all 21 days where we're doing biblical, covering our mouth, fasting and praying. Amen? and, and Amen? So, amen. L- listen, I've already decided that whatever days that don't get covered, I'm going to make Jude and Luke take them. <laughs> all right? So... Uh, for you guys that are visiting with us today, and you don't know who Luke and Jude are, uh, uh, Luke is my four-year-old, and Jude is my six-year-old. And, you know, I just want you guys to know when those guys don't eat, they get hangry. And so and so for protection and the safety of everyone else in my home, listen, let's cover all the days. Fair enough? Let's cover the days. Have you all made it to Psalm 91 yet? Awesome. Let me show you this here and kind of give you the the heart of it, and then we'll shift gears, and and then we'll go in today's message. Let me kind of give you a story with this about I don't know six seven years ago I, in our old church we had Saturday night prayer we would pray from six to seven based as a corporate time uh, you know people to come and there'd be I don't know hundred 200 300 of us whatever it was and, and we would pray and uh, you know just for the next day's service pray for souls pray for God to move all those things and uh, one day I was in the back and I was doing my typical pacing and praying and and I kept hearing two words in my spirit I kept hearing uh, the words dwell and abide dwell and abide dwell and abide it was like I couldn't I I couldn't shake it. So I actually left the sanctuary and I went to my office and I pulled out the good old straws concordance and I looked up, okay, what, what does the word, what does dwell and what does abide mean? What's the difference? That's really what I wanted to know. And, and as I looked at the word dwell, Uh, I saw that, and obviously it was from this verse, it was in Hebrew, is it, yeah, meant to remain, to stay continual, and I kind of expected all those things, but then I got down to this word that I didn't expect, that the word dwell, one of the words there, it actually means to marry. To marry, and I thought, well, that's that's odd, and uh, you, you know. So basically, I'll, I'll speed up the the kind of the narrative here. Is I begin to realize that as a large portion of the church, they practice what we like to call common law Christianity, and and what I mean by that is this: is we have common law. Obviously, that means that if a man and a woman decide to live together, and after seven years, the government will kind of see them as married. But but the problem with common law is simply this is it's people who basically want the benefits of marriage, but they don't want to make the commitment. And, and what I found is this. In other words, they want to play house. Okay, they, they, they want the benefits. They want the, the, the woman to do this, guy do blah, 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 blah. But they don't want strings attached. And here's what I realized that half the problem with the church today is that is we want the benefits of walking with Jesus, but we really don't want to make a commitment. Right? And so watch this. So in light of Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, He who dwells, he who is married... To the secret place. In other words, uh, so often we want God to move for us. We want God to bless us, benefit us, do all those things, but we're not willing to do our part to commit ourselves to the secret place. So he he who dwells or he who is married in the secret place or the prayer closet of the Most High, what does it say? That he shall abide, stay, remain under the shadow of the Almighty. And I want you to know that the next 21 days is really about that. Man, we're going to marry ourselves to the prayer closet. I mean, we're going to marry ourselves to the promises of God and we're going to be committed. We're not going to sit back and just go, God, benefit me, benefit, benefit me. But no, I'm going to make a commitment to partner with you and to pray. And what's so awesome about this is that when we, it says that when we dwell there in the secret place, that we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, we'll abide in his presence. And it's from that spot that we have a, a key verse for this, uh, you know, prayer time, which is uh, John chapter 15, verse 7. And this is where Jesus said this. It says, uh, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. So it's from that position of abiding with God, of of being wholeheartedly committed to God, that we get to ask God for things. And guess what? He moves. Because God set a uh, a spiritual law, a principle, that when we pray that we partner with him, that guess what? It releases the power of heaven. Amen? Amen? Amen. Great place to say amen. (laughs) Let's pray and we'll go into today's message. That was uh, just an appetizer, whatever. All right, here we go. (laughs) Father, we thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for every person that's here. God, as we pray so often, thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for our lives. And Lord, we th- we know that that plan and that purpose is great, God. It's not a small thing. It's a big thing. But Lord, for us to be able to walk in that purpose, God, we really need to be committed to you. Lord, our hearts need to be wholeheartedly in love with you. And so, Lord, today, we just thank you that today is just another step in that direction of just serving you, loving you, knowing you, walking with you. And so, Lord, thank you for your anointing. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and you would do what you do best and that's teach and uh, just move in our hearts and speak to us really loud and really clear today so that we can't uh, say was that you or was that not you but Lord that we would know that we would know that we would know that you spoke in Jesus name amen amen Amen. listen uh, the subject of prayer is a pretty broad subject And, uh, you know, listen, if you've ever, if you've ever uh, sat back and said, okay, I'm going to study prayer, you you found out that, man, when you go to do some research, where can I find things on prayer? I mean, there's so many options. There's books, there's Bible study books, there's uh, sermons, podcasts, there's devotionals, there's all these things that are dedicated to the sole purpose of prayer, right? And uh, the sad truth is, is that most of those resources were designed or they were produced in hopes that it would wake up the sleeping giant called the church to make a wholehearted Commitment to prayer. Yes. L- listen, it's in this sense that statistics say that the average Christian prays three minutes a day, and that the average pastor prays a big old five minutes a day. And, and so, listen, we we wonder why we're in the mess that we're in, and I'm telling you, it's because we're asleep. Yes. Amen. Amen. L- listen, it- for all y'all to go, woo! Oh my God, the pastor would only pray five minutes a day. Uh, listen, listen, you're a Christian too. You're a priest too, you just have a different assignment. So listen, I am I'm amazed. I'm am like a grumpy old man this morning. Y'all have to work with me. I don't know what's going on, but 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 there, but there's this thing that I'm going, man. I I I don't get why there's such this. Uh, granted, we're going to be doubly judged. I get it, but why there's this expectation for pastors that we never put on ourselves doesn't make a lick of sense. You can go home with that one right there. Anyway, so uh, li- listen, I-, I think it's this. As-, as a pastor, I personally, along with my wife, man, I feel a heavy weight. I feel a burden, pretty doggone constant for the lack of prayer that's in the church. In other words, it's like this rally cry of, guys, let's go do this. And everybody just goes, I'm good. It's like everybody's good with sitting in the stands watching, right? And, and listen, over the years, I have, uh, I've heard a number of reasons from people of why they cannot commit wholeheartedly to prayer to a lifestyle of prayer. And I'm to give you a few of those reasons today. But, but it's simply this. The number one thing I have heard over the years, for the last 20 plus years, is I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. In other words, those people are uh, admittedly saying I'm intimidated by prayer because I don't feel like my prayers are long enough, eloquent enough, powerful enough, or good enough in comparison to someone else. Therefore, I don't really pray. In other words, they're saying at the core, I don't really know what to say. Yes. Another thing that I've heard people say is this. Well, you know, I don't really feel worthy to talk to God. And, you know, typically those people that say they don't feel worthy to talk to God, they are allowing their past failures and their current struggles basically to keep them from the prayer closet. Yeah. And and then there's those people that say this, you know, well, God doesn't really hear me. Every time I've heard someone say, God doesn't really hear me, uh, it's because they're typically struggling with guilt and shame, you know, in some way, right? Uh, another thing that over the years I've heard people say, you know, pastor, it's just weird. I feel like I'm talking to the wall. And, and you know, those people, uh, let me maybe say this, they feel like God's distant, right? And then there's people that say this, well, I'm just too busy. And then the people, you know, I love the people that just admit it, man, I'm just not disciplined enough. I guess I'm lazy. I so respect that. And, uh, and then there's people say this, man, prayer is so boring, don't act like I'm talking about your neighbor. Anyway, so um, in other words, they say this, man, my, my mind wanders, uh, you know, I get distracted on everything I got to do. Uh, I, I feel like my mind's cluttered. I can't get any traction. I'm just, I, like, I just keep rambling. And, and then there's those people, and this is the one that maybe is the biggest head scratcher for me, is, is that they say this, that God has too much on this plate to be worried about my little request. And, uh, and then there are those people that say this, well, God is sovereign, so I don't think my prayers can really make that big of a difference anyways. So listen, my immediate response you know, to those reasons, it varies really from one case to another. But what I've found over the years, and y'all just love me for saying this to you, is this, is that i found that every one of those reasons or excuses, they're really founded in one word, and that word is called this, doubt. It's in doubt. And, and so let me kind of give you maybe an example. I read this this week, and I thought this was... Uh, a pretty, pretty great example of, of what it means. Noah was in my office when I read it, I read it to him. But anyways, it, it basically, I read the story. It said this, it says the pastor asked it before his church to pray that God would shut down a neighborhood bar, right? So the whole church gathered for an evening of prayer and I was had the prayer meeting, they went all in. It says that they pleaded with God to rid the neighborhood of the evils of this bar. A few weeks later, lightning struck the bar and it burnt to the ground, watch this, having heard about the church's prayer crusade, right, the bar owner promptly sued the church. (laughs) When the court date finally arrived, watch this, the bar owner passionately argued basically with the judge that God struck his bar with lightning because of the church member's prayers. Fast forward, when it came time for the pastor to stand on the, you know, the seat and talked to the judge and he basically did this he backtracked he brushed off the accusations he admitted that the church prayed but he also affirmed that no one in his congregation really expected anything to happen (laughs) watch this after hearing both sides of the argument I so love this the judge leaned back in his chair with a mix of amusement and perplexity on his face Uh, finally he spoke he said this he said I can't believe what I'm hearing Right in front of me is a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. Yeah. Feel the burn on that one, right? L- l- listen, I- I'm not sure if that story true, is true or not, but, but I will say this. Uh, it still doesn't negate the truth that there's, a, that there's a lot of Christians like this pastor and like this congregation who believe in God, but they don't believe in the power of prayer. Right? And so it's, it's kind of like this. Sure, they, they'll claim that prayer works, uh, but the truth is, is, by their actions, or maybe we can say uh, by the lack of their actions, right, that, that, they don't really, that they really don't believe in prayer. In fact, when they pray, it's pretty rare. And when they do pray, they don't really expect much to change because, once again, they're doubting if God really answers prayers or not. So, watch this. Believe it or not, there's actually a group just like this in the Bible. All right, and I want to show them to you today. Uh, this is Acts twelve. I'm going to read one sixteen. It's kind of long, uh, and I want to read it to you out of the Message Bible. It just puts in a little bit different light. Pretty close, but a little bit different light. It says this. It says That's when King Herod got into his head to go after some of the church members. It says he murdered James, John's brother. Remember that's John and James, the sons of Zebedee. So he murdered James. And he actually beheaded him says, when, when he saw how much it raised his popularity ratings with the Jews, he arrested Peter. And it said, basically, that he had Peter thrown in jail, put four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. In other words, he, he thought Peter was such a high priority, he put 16 guards around him, okay? For you guys that work in the, in the prison, uh, you realize that's a pretty good commitment to one fellow, all right? So, so, basically, it says it says he was planning a public lynching after Passover. So, in, in light, man, things weren't looking that good, Okay? This says in verse 5, all the time that Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse, it says the church prayed for him most strenuously. In other words, they called for a prayer meeting. Man, Peter, they're going to kill Peter just like they killed James. Oh, man, we got to pray, right? And verse 6 says, then the time came for Herod to bring him out for the kill. That night, even though shackled uh, to two soldiers, Peter slept. And there were, it says, and there were guards at the door keeping their eyes on the place. And it says Herod was taking no chances. I I personally believe at this moment that Peter probably thought he was a goner, right? And then, you know, know, this is, I'm not saying this is biblical, but could it be that Peter's maybe thinking, man, I did tell him I'd die for him. (laughs) Right. And it says in verse seven, it says, suddenly there was an angel at his side and light flooding the room. The angel shook Peter and got him up. Hurry. And then it says the handcuffs fell off his wrist. The angel said, get dressed, put on your shoes. And Peter did it. Then the angel said this, grab your coat and let's get out of here. Peter followed him, but didn't believe it was, but didn't believe it was really an angel. He thought he was dreaming. Then it says in verse 10, it says past the first guard and then the second, then came the iron gate that led into the city and that thing swung open uh, before them on its own. And it says, and they were on the street free as a breeze or free as the breeze at the first intersection, the angel left him going his own way. That's when Peter realized it was not a dream. And then I believe Peter said to himself, I can't believe it, man, this really happened. The master sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's vicious little production and spectacle the Jewish mob was looking forward to. Verse 12, it says, Still shaking his head, amazed, he went to Mary's house, the Mary who was John Mark's mother. Watch this. The house was packed with what? Praying friends. It says, When he knocked on the door... Right in the courtyard, the young woman named Rhoda came to see who it was. But when she recognized his voice, Peter's voice, she was so excited and eager to tell everyone Peter was there that she forgot to open the door and left him standing in the street. Look, that's not good for a man that just broke out of jail. I'm just saying, all right? In verse 15, it's, and I want you to watch what happens here, okay? So she runs in tells tells everybody, Peter's here, Peter's here, Peter's at the door. Watch. It says, but they wouldn't believe her. They wouldn't believe her. They dismissed her, dismissing her report. They said, you're crazy. And she stuck by her story, insisting. Yet they still said what? They wouldn't believe her. Are y'all following me here? It says, all this time, poor Peter was standing out on the street, knocking away. And finally, they opened and saw him and went wild. Watch this. Here's the crazy part. The whole reason we're reading this is even though these guys prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and guess what? Uh, God graciously answered. Thank God for grace. Their first or their natural response was what? Was to doubt that God would actually do something with what they prayed about. And Now listen, I think it's easy to sit back and think, y'all are dumb, right? But, But honestly, how many times have we prayed with that same level of faith? Oh my goodness, right? If, if you haven't done that before, I want to shake your hand and give you a high five and a hug and just pray for me, right? Uh, but, but listen, I, I think you guys know what I'm talking about, that there's, that there's come a time in our life maybe where uh, something's happened or maybe we, we're asked to pray for someone and maybe we're praying by ourselves or maybe we gather in a group of people and we pray and man, we, we let it rip, right? We pray, we get on it. But the truth is, is in our heart of hearts, guess what? We don't really believe something's going to change. Right and, and so the truth is is, guess what, most of the time, because we come into that prayer with that kind of attitude, things don't change. It's just as James said, a double-minded man basically is unstable in all his ways, and basically what he's asking for, he doesn't get. And so we wonder, God, why are you not doing anything? but there's this position that we got to partner with God from. Yes? yes. So, so all right, I want to make something really clear before we, we, we transition here is. I'm not saying any of this to, to shame anybody, to make any of us feel bad. It's really quite the opposite. Look, we've all been in that spot. Yeah. Yes? don't Y'all looking at me like y'all have it. Yes, we've all been in that spot, right? Yes. So, so the, 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 the good news I want to tell you today, and this is really how I want to encourage you, is even though we may, may have found ourselves there before, maybe we're there now, the good news is is we don't have to remain there. Yeah. We don't have to remain, right? And so all we need really today to kind of get out of doubt is really a change of perspective. You know, if if our perspective could be changed, I believe prayer, our prayer life, can really come alive. Cause y'all, y'all look at me. I'm gonna say something crazy to you guys. Prayer should be really fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 Y'all are like, Man. Yes, no. <laughs> right? It should be fun. Yeah. You, you, I mean, listen, you you have the undivided attention of the God of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so watch this. If if prayer. <laughs> If prayer uh, didn't work, why would he ever tell us to do it? Yeah, right? right. <laughs> right? It, it, it's, it's like uh, he, he's not going to ask us to do something and then disappoint us on the back end. No. Now, let me kind of give a balance here, okay? I want to I say something to you. Because there's not a person in this room that hasn't at some point prayed for something and, and you didn't get it. Okay? I, watch this. I, I, don't, I don't understand why all prayers uh, aren't answered. But, 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 but I will say this, that sometimes I think God answers them, but he answers them in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so, I, I, and so let me maybe say this. I think my, actually the first time I ever shared, first time I ever preached, taught anything, I still remember what I taught on, it was basically out of Matthew where it says that if a boy comes to his father and he asks him uh, for a fish, surely he won't get a snake. If he asks him for a piece of bread, surely he won't give him a stone. Right, Luke says, basically, if he asks for uh, an egg, surely he won't get a scorpion. And and I realized something at eighteen years old, first time I ever taught in a church. It was in a it was a, basically a high school boy Sunday school class, right. And I was uh, scared out of my mind, right. But but I realized something that that there's times that we have prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed and we've asked God for what we think is a fish, and God really knows it's a snake. And I think he realizes that if he gave us that snake, it would turn around and bite us and do us more harm than good. And so there's times, guys, in our unanswered prayers, it's really God protecting us. Yes? Right. Yeah. yes? All right, so let's dive in here. All right, so I want to give you, basically, the next few minutes, I'm going to give you six, six things, basically, that I think might help you overcome doubt. And I think some of you guys may disagree with some of this, but that's all right. Angelo's not here, so go see Roy. All right, so, all right, he'll straighten you out. And if I need to be straightened out, somebody will straighten me out. Here we go, number one, here we go. The, the first thing I think we need to do to overcome doubt, and this may sound really, really silly, but I think we need to cut ourselves some slack. Yes, that we need to cut ourselves some slack here. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. But but listen, if if we think for a second that we're the first person to ever doubt God, or if we think we're going to be the last person that's ever, ever doubted something God said or something God wants to do, then we're really fooling ourselves, all right? So listen, in fact, the Bible is full of, of what I will call former doubters who ultimately made the who's who in heaven, Okay, like I want you to think about something here. Okay, and I'm just going to go quick here. But, but think about when, when God actually told Abraham, we look at Abraham as this great man of faith. But when God actually first told, uh, told Abraham, hey, dude, you and your old lady are going to have a baby. The Bible actually says that Abraham bowed to the ground and it says that he laughed to himself in disbelief. Can you imagine God telling you something, and you bow on the ground to look holy, and then you're just busting out laughing on the inside, right? And then he said this to himself, how could I become a father at the age of 100, and how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old, right? That's, that would be doubt. Uh, how about Sarah, once again, his wife, she not only laughed at the idea herself, but, but listen, she doubted to the point that she actually convinced her husband to sleep with another woman so he could have that baby. That's some serious doubt. All right. So how about this? Fast forward a little bit. Uh, We find Gideon. Here's Gideon in the wine press. We know he's hiding. God speaks to him and says, oh, man of valor, guess what? You are going to deliver your people from their oppressors. And what does Gideon say? But Lord, how can I save Israel? Right? My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. In other words, out of all the millions of people in Israel, man, I'm the last one. That's not exactly bubbling over with faith, is it? Right? Right? fast forward to the New Testament, we find this guy named Zachariah. The dude's a priest, right? And what happens? An angel shows up to him while he's in the Holy of Holies, and he says, hey man, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a baby. And, and, And the man doubted so much what he said, he went mute for the next nine months, right? So then fast forward, they have this son, he's, he's awesome, John the Baptist, right? I mean, the man's wearing camel hair, eating bugs. I mean, the guy rocks, right? And, and, so, and so the guy is, is literally preaching. Watch this. And basically, a, I think it's like a, his ministry of what is right, what I read, I'm not sure. But like six months, he ministered to over a million people. Pretty incredible ministry. Watch, watch what happens. So this is the guy. He said, I must decrease Jesus, must increase Jesus comes on the scene. He baptizes in the water, heaven opens, the father speaks to my beloved son, who I'm well pleased, right? And the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. This incredible moment, and then a few months later, he's sitting in prison and he asks his disciples to go to uh, Jesus to ask him, Man, are you really the Messiah? <laughs> right? And then how about this, this guy that we celebrate, Peter, right? This awesome guy. Jesus actually asked him, Peter, why did you doubt? It's Peter. Why did you doubt? After he's walking on water, right? And he starts to sink and he screams out because he's he's drowning, right? And that's what Jesus says to him. And then the last one, and famously, uh, how about the guy named Thomas? I mean, you're talking about an unfortunate nickname. (laughs) I mean, this man has been known for thousands of years as doubting Thomas, What a bummer, dude. Doubting Thomas. Because the man in a weak moment said this, what, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe it. I I to say this. Everybody look at me, please. That if you've doubted before, man, you're a really good company. Yes, the second thing we need to do, first, obviously, cut ourselves some slack. But number two, we need to remember that God is gracious. Man, God is gracious. You know, I, I just say this. No matter what people say, God still knows our frailty. Yes? And, and watch this, and this may bother some of you, but I believe that God's not offended by our doubt. I don't think God's offended by our doubt, okay? And, and, and here's what I mean by that is, is this. God's pretty patient, <laughs> right? The, the, if God is love, and the Bible says in... Um, you know, once again in Corinthians thirteen, that love is patient. Man, God's pretty patient with us as we grow and develop. So I don't think God gets all bent out of shape when we have a tough moment. Yeah. And so if you if you take a step back and don't you to think about every person that we just said on that who's who's list, right? Every single one of them, in spite of their doubt, guess what happened? God still graciously moved on their behalf every single one of them. And what's so incredible about it is this, is that, yeah, they had some unnecessary pain along the way. They did. Almost every one of them had unnecessary pain along the way. But guess what? Is God still fulfilled his promise for them in the long run, right? And so here's the point that I simply want to make in this, is that thankfully God is bigger than our doubts. He's bigger than our doubts, right? And so let me actually tell you a story really quick. And I got a One of my favorite ministers in the nation, and he's been here and he spoke before, but his name's his name's Britt Hancock. I love Britt. And some of you guys might have been here when he came, some of you might not have been. But 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 Britt basically is a missionary and he trains people for the mission field. He has churches in Nicaragua and churches in Mexico. And the uh, first time I ever met Britt in person, I'd met him on a FaceTime call, you know. We, anyways, we're from the same hometown, but I didn't meet him until I don't know, like eight years ago. And anyway, so Britt came to our church in North Carolina and he spoke and he said this: everybody listen, please. So here's this guy that's been a part of a ministry in Mexico where they have seen, when I say thousands, I mean thousands of miracles, okay? Incredible, incredible miracles, okay? And, and Brett said that in the middle of all of that, you know, that he left that ministry, got sent out from it, started his own work. He's pastoring all these churches. And, and guess what? Miracles are happening. God's moving, right? And, and then uh, basically his sister got cancer, and his sister worked for a really, uh, really well-known ministry in the United States. If I said who it is, most of you guys have been a Christian in a while, you know who it is. And, and so anyway, so she got cancer, and, and Britt went back home to uh, Pensacola, Alabama, or Birmingham, where she might have been living somewhere at that time. But anyways, he prayed for her. Long story short, his sister died. And, and when she died, <coughs> Britt went in a hole. And, and he felt basically like he not only failed his mom and dad, And his basically his his sister's family and that he failed, you know, his his other uh, two brothers and sister. But he felt like he felt God. Right. Because he didn't have enough faith basically for her to be healed. And so what was so wild is in the middle of all that it's like if you had categories, it's like here's what he still had faith for where God would move. But cancer just wasn't on that list anymore because he felt like cancer beat him. Right. And, and so that was until Britt was one day, uh, you know, he got asked, hey, would you come pray for somebody? It was a guy off in the jungle in a hut and, and Britt's tromped through the jungle and he gets down there in the hut and it's really dark and he really can't see. And he walks in there and he kind of just sees the figure of the guy and the guy's talking to him. Right. He's a Nagwat Indian. He's, he's talking to him. And uh, and he says he's sick and he starts talking about how much weight he lost. In other words, it's, it's an incredible amount of weight the guy had lost in a really brief amount of time. And Britt finally said, okay, you went to the doctors. What did they say? And the, and the Indian said back to him, he goes, it's throat cancer. So the guy was living off of uh, like a spoonful of water. That's it. And his body, he was, he was so far gone, his body was actually eating itself. Okay. That's why he was losing so much weight. And anyway, so Brit, he said, that's where my training kicked in. And he said, what I did is I began to share the gospel and I share testimonies of how God, people healed, how people, God healed people. And, uh, and he said, I want you to know at the end, and he said, I laid hands on that man that had the tumor sitting on the side of his neck, and I had zero faith that God would heal him. Didn't believe it. Didn't believe it at all. No faith that God would heal the guy. And Britt said they prayed, and, you know, once again, he's just like, man, I'm defeated again. Walking out of the place like a loser. It still got me. And he trots back up that mountain out of the jungle. And, uh, and he said, basically, he told him before he left, look, me and this other brother, we'll come back and see you in a week. And he goes, I knew full and well the guy was going to be dead the next week. He was too far gone. He was going to be, he was going to be dead. And uh, so the next week, they come tromping back down there once again. He's walking to the house, knows the guy's dead. And the guy comes outside, greets him, come in, come in, right? And he pulls his little plastic chair, and he sits down. And the guy's like, you know, the wife starts serving food, doing the deal. And, and Britt goes, that thing's gone. <laughs> like the tumor it's not. It's gone. And so Britt asked me, he said, How? basically, long story short, the guy said, uh, he said, you, you know, when would you get healed? He said, the night after you left, it was 1 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up. And, and I woke up uh, because I was hungry, Ooh. and I wanted something to eat. So I woke my wife up and told her to feed me, and I could actually, sweat. in other words, because it, it was, he was healed. Crazy. Right? So, so my point is is this, is the whole reason I say that is, listen, there's not a single person alive that's got flawless faith. Y'all hear me? Amen. Listen, I have personally laid hands and prayed for people, and I hope that they would get healed. Yeah. And some of them have, right? But but it, it's so weird. This, you know, when it comes to doubt, what doubt is, is really, is you're stuck. There's this hesitation. You can't decide if it's this or if it's that. They're gonna die. They're gonna live. <laughs> but watch this. In spite of our flawless faith, gain, guess what happens? Like Britt. God still partners with us, and he still moves. Isn't that good news? So number three, and this is key, number three is uh, don't become a settler. Don't become a settler. Now, watch this. When I look back at that who's who's list, one thing really jumps off the page at me, and it's this. Is that none of them settled, none of them took up shop, none of them set up count, moved in the neighborhood, remained permanently in doubt. None of them. None of them. And that's why I call them former doubters, right? So, so watch this. The balance is this, is even though that God doesn't uh, get offended by our doubt, guess what? He doesn't want us to remain there. That's right. Are y'all hearing me today? He doesn't want us to remain there. And, and, and let me maybe even say this once again, because, because God is, um, yes, God is love. And yes, the first fruit of love is patience. Awesome, right? And so he's patient with us, but he's, he's patient with us as we grow. But once again, there's this expectation that you are growing, yeah, so, so let me even rewind. I gave you a, a list of reasons why people don't pray, right? Uh, I want y'all to realize something. Most of us in this room know a Christian, and we go, man, they can get it. Like, that dude can pray. Man, that gal can pray, right? Y'all need new friends if you don't have that person. <laughs> yes? So, so watch this. Every single person started at the same place. Y'all don't believe that, do you? The Bible says simply this, that God gives us a measure of faith, right? And that measure of faith is what? For salvation, yes. right? And then it's up to us what we do. So those people that we all ooh and ah over and we admire, it's because that person's got on their face and said, God, teach me how to pray, right? And they keep getting on it and getting on it and getting on it and getting on. it. And one step at a time, they become who we see. Yes right? For, for people who go, man, I've been walking with God 20 years. I've been a Christian and I really don't know how to get it. I don't know how to pray. It's because they haven't ever get it. They've never got on it. They've never done anything. So it's almost like this. Let's say I told you guys, man, I want to be a master plumber. I'm making this up as we go. (laughs) I do not want to be a master plumber. All right. (laughs) Stuff stinks there. I got a buddy who is a master plumber. And he came to my house one day because I won't tell you what happened, but there was things all over the floor. And, and I said, bro, it stinks. I'm sorry. He said, man, it smells like money to me. <laughs> money smells different than that to me, right? So anyways, but, but let's say I want to be a master plumber. or For you guys that are carpenters, I want to be, I wanted, man, I want to be a carpenter, right? But, uh, but I, never, I never do anything with it. I never read a book. I never get with somebody that does it. I just say, man, one day I'm going to be this, and I sit back and I never do anything, in 20 years, where am I going to be? Same spot, same way in the kingdom, y'all. Yeah, the reason we're not progressing is because we're not doing what we need to do. It's really that simple, yes? Amen. Watch this. Let me give you some really good news here. A great example of someone who was a former doubter that became a credible man of faith. Once again, we mentioned him earlier. His name is Abraham. Abraham, uh, basically in Romans 4, 18, 20, it says this. It says, in hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. What was spoken, so shall your descendants be, right? So in other words, that's the point that Abraham laughed at, right? He's a hundred years old. He laughed at that, but watch what happened. It says, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, not looking good, Right? Now, as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Remember, she was 90. But watch this. Here's where something shifted. Watch this. This is is where we grab traction and faith. It says, yet with respect to the promise of God. Yet with respect to the promise of God. I told you guys last week, the low number that I've ever heard of how many promises in the Bible are 3,000. I've heard all the way up to 8,000. Somebody can't count, but... That's a big old gap, but there's at least 3,000 promises in the Bible, right? So yet, with respect to the promise that God spoke to him, what did he say? Basically, I'm not going to waver in unbelief, but what happened? He grew strong in faith. He grew strong in faith. Let me give you a small idea here. Jesus basically rebuked Peter one day, and, or the boys, the disciples. He said, Oh, ye of little faith. We all look and go, but there's good news in that. He used the word little, that means it can grow, right? If, if there's a little, that means there can be a bigger, yeah. amen? So it came there and he said this, that Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured, or I like what the other verse says, fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. Right. So here's what I'm saying to you basically today. Don't let your doubt stop you. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. Why am I saying this? Because we're gonna give you this and you're going to look at it and go, I don't know if God can do all that. I'm telling you, God can do this. And I'm telling you, if we get our doubt in place, we pray all this to doubt, well, whatever. none's going to happen. But we got to transition from doubt to faith and begin to pray. Yeah, amen. amen? Amen. Let me give you two more, and i got to hurry here. All right, number four is we got to move forward in faith. we got to move forward in faith, yes? So, so listen, guys, I, I realize that when we're talking about doubt, that all of us um, from an early age were taught... Basically, to how to have a critical and rational mind. Right? We're all taught to have a critical and rational mind. Is that true? Yes. yes. Listen, in other words, that, that, that we were taught in classrooms, logic, we were taught basically problem solving, and, uh, and once again, that, that if it didn't make sense our logical minds, then what happened is that, that if it didn't make sense, then we need to basically, um, you know, if it didn't make sense in the natural, we couldn't see it, we couldn't hear it, we couldn't make sense of it, to basically say it's impossible. Right? the only problem is is that the kingdom of God operates much different right because the Bible says that all things are possible with God yes listen so in other words it's this fact that through that what guess what that it's possible through prayer to do what to pull on the supernatural realm to come into the impossibilities of this realm and guess what Let's see things change prayer works y'all right so guess what I'm saying let me hustle up here. Uh, the Bible makes it very clear this, that, that you and I are called to live by faith and not by what we see. I live by faith and not by sight, because I'm telling you, what you see is pretty detrimental, yeah? But, but when you and I live from position of faith, here's what we're saying. We're saying this, that God, I believe who you say you are, and I believe that you'll do what you said you'd do. And that's how we pray. We operate from that. God, you are who you said you are. And you'll do what you said you'll do. The reason we mess up a lot, watch this, is because we don't know the Bible well enough, so we don't really know who God really is, and we don't even know his promise of what he'll say. So we never have anything to come in agreement with, and we just pray our emotions, right? And so, once again, it's in that logical mind that, that we that we basically make mistakes. But I want you to know that faith says this, okay? That faith says that, basically, in 1 Peter three twelve. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Yes. That's good news, y'all. Yes. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Yes. So once again, faith recognizes that God always hears us, so we aren't trying to make ourselves just feel better by this thing. Man, there's a faith. God hears us, right? In fact, the Bible says this about us when we pray, right? It says that the prayer of a righteous person, if you sit back and you go, Well, I'm not righteous, well. The Bible says that Jesus made you righteous, right? You can read it, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 21, right? That uh, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, so watch this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. I, I like actually what the other version says. It says powerful and effective. Yeah? So once again, guess what? It, it, it's this. When we pray, I, I love this. To understand that when we pray, we occupy the attention of God Almighty. And not only do we occupy the attention of God Almighty, but guess what? We also, uh, we also uh, tap into His efforts and His energies and His power. Yeah. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is our potential? Yeah? yeah? So what happens is once again when we pray, guess what? God unleashes His authority and His power once again to changes everything. We need to ask ourselves today this. Did Jesus not say this? That if we ask, we would receive? right that if we see that we would find that if we knock the door would be open did he not say whatever we bind on earth would we'll be bound in heaven what if we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven did he not say come before his throne boldly did he not say once again if you abide with me ask whatever you wish right did he not say uh, that he's given us power and authority over the enemy did he not say that so either we believe it or we don't <laughs> right so so let me show you here the the foundation of why we pray what we pray 1 john Chapter 5, verse 14. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. It's confidence we have in prayer. That if we ask anything according to what? His will. Can somebody tell me where His will is found? Send in the Bible. All right, so if we pray the word, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. Okay, so let me just say this to that. and We'll go to the next one. It's impossible to grow stronger in faith or to grow stronger in your prayer life without growing stronger in the Word of God. It's impossible, right? The next one here, and this is just kind of see if you're waiting. When all this accumulates, right, when I'm basically getting faith, what do I need to do? The next one, man, is I need to get a room. I need to get a room. That's my wife's favorite point, by the way. Get a room. Can we laugh in church? Oh, my God, I don't know. All right, so... Matthew 6, 6, it simply says this, but you, when you pray, right, go where? Go into your room, go into your room. I won't read the rest for time's sake, but it's simply this, y'all, we gotta get along with God. Yes. Yes. Wait, everybody look at me, please. I'm gonna tell you a great prayer secret. Get along with God. So, so often, watch this, we pray in the shower, we pray driving, we pray, and we pray so distracted, guess what, we, we, we never get locked in, yes. right? And here, literally, Holy Spirit what do you want to pray about today? And listen. And listen. Give room, right? It's not just about me coming and just, here's all my, my stuff I need, and let's move on, right? But, but to actually interact with God, right? The next one is this, and this is huge, and this is why we're giving the list. This is number six. When you have faith, when you get your room, in other words, you get your secret place, time with God, then you need to quit being so vague. Quit being so vague, quit being so vague. There's, there's a guy that's from Korea that at one time had the largest church in the world. It was a couple of million people. Okay. Or maybe right at a million, something like that. When he, when he first started, he had a, basically a little, a little apartment with no furniture and he walked everywhere he went and he, um, you know, ministered literally would walk miles and miles and miles and miles. Didn't have a bed, didn't have a couch, didn't have a desk, didn't have anything. And one day began to ask the Lord, Lord, would you please give me a bed? Will you please give me a desk? And God, would you give me a bicycle? And he prayed. I'm giving the fast version here. He prayed for months and months and months. And guess what? Came Nothing. And one day he began to complain to the Lord, Lord, I don't get it. I keep asking you for this stuff. Why don't you give it to me? And the Lord said this, because you've never told me what kind you want. What a bummer, right? And so he said this, Lord, I want a mahogany desk. And God, I want a, basically this kind of bed. And God, I want one of those bicycles built in America. Can you believe an Asian asking for something to be built in America? another joke sorry too soon anyways but but he said because you know he said the one from Japan they're flimsy and they break God I want one from America because they're strong and guess what God gave him every single one of those things so if you think that's crazy watch this Jesus rolled up right in the book of Mark and there's this man named blind Bartimaeus sitting there and Jesus is looking at this blind man he said what do you want me to do for you well Captain Obvious I, I clearly need to see are, are you feeling me? But what happened? Well, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Because there was something about being specific. I want to be able to see. And he says, as it is according to your faith, you can be healed. Amen? Uh, fellas, come on up real quick. Um, grab those right there. Uh, like not, not all of you, just a few of you are going to help. Um, look, we're going to pass these things out. And we're going to pray, and we're going to be done. I really appreciate y'all coming today. Thanks for hanging. That was longer than what I expected. Obviously, we live in a dark region. Yes? yes. Okay. And, and this week, I was just kind of uh, brought back. Remember that old quote by Edmund Burke? that said, basically, the one sure thing that basically evil men would try up is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. That's right. We need to do something. Yeah. Amen? So, so we're handing this thing to you today. Once again, take it. And I'm going to ask you to put that thing somewhere where you're going to see it and that you would go through and pray. I want you to notice a few things here when you get it. Is At the top, we basically have this opening to the prayer and then points underneath it. Every one of those points there are come from the Word of God. Are you all with me? Watch this. I know, I know they're handsome. But uh, at top, we gave you basically five points for each or five scriptures for each point. I would encourage you to go look up those scriptures and pray those scriptures. Yes? Because once again, we're asking according to His will, according to His word, that it would be done. Yes? So, so this is basically a tool for us to be in agreement over the next 21 days. Yeah? Yep. So once again, you see the card there for you to invite somebody. And, um, and once again, the services for Easter Sunday are going to be 9 and 11 o'clock. Yep. Watch this. If y'all don't, if y'all don't think that about the specific thing everybody look here real quick i i asked the lord last year lord would you you give us 200 people at easter 200 people lord would you give us 200 people at easter after easter we we counted it up you know how many people were here 200 exactly about fell on the floor so uh listen god's a pretty specific god amen let's pray you guys are awesome Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We we just say this, God, to you today. We don't want to be people of doubt, God. We want to be people of faith, yeah. and so, Lord, would you stir our hearts today, just to take you at your word and to believe what you say, and and Lord, that we would uh, quit sitting back waiting for something to happen miraculously to begin to pray or something critical or something, uh, some crisis. But Lord, that we would just become people of prayer that just love you and adore you and just enjoy spending time with you, but also understand the power and the authority that you've given us in the prayer closet, God, that we could begin to pray because the truth is, God, we look around and things need to change. And so Lord, today as we just... uh, you know, just simply this, God, would you speak? I'm asking that you speak to every person here. And God, would you just encourage them and show them, God, how they need to get involved in the next 21 days. And uh, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't be afraid to sacrifice something. And Lord, I pray, God, that they'd be willing to go in wholeheartedly. So, Lord, thank you for speaking to us and uh, just leading God and guess And God, we do believe, uh, God, over the next few weeks, God, for just miraculous things to happen. It's in your name we pray. Amen.